You are now listening to The Young God, a podcast for the gods. If you've listened to Side A, you will know that it was lit beyond belief. Things were said, things were felt, and truth was spilt. Side B with Japheth's Joshua Omojua begins with the year 2020. What was 2020 going to be like for you if COVID didn't it was, it was me touring Europe. I was, I was in school. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to use my summer to, to tour Europe, do a lot of traveling in, in Asia. But as much as that hurts me, I, um, I have no complaints whatsoever because we've lost almost 6 million people as of today, and minus the lives that have changed, the destruction and devastation that COVID has, has brought about. But really, it was supposed to be where I explored Europe uh, business-wise. So what the, what's, the, what's the bright side to all of it? So you mentioned the silver lining, yeah. the silver lining for COVID is that it has helped us to see that people actually don't have to leave their work early in the morning to go and work. They can actually work for what, from wherever, not just work from home. They can work from a holiday mm-hmm. spot, mm-hmm. right? That's one. Two is that a lot of things could actually be digital. So one of the references I got was, I did you see COVID coming in the context of my book? I didn't see COVID coming. I was talking in the context of a future that was really, really coming. So what COVID did was to hasten that future, uh, a digital future, a virtual future. And I think it's necessary as because as populations continue to explode, we don't want too many of our, ourselves on the roads. We don't, mm. want burning, we don't want to have to be born in fossil. That is true. We want to do it from home. Um, if we could have this conversation, a perfect one, where we don't have to necessarily see, it might be better to just do it if it's seamless. Now you can still do it, but it's not seamless. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not a metaverse where it's almost like we are together, mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully is, is where we are transiting to. Um, you know, also for a lot of people, I'm sure it was for them to understand their mortality, and as a collective, for us to understand that we've gone so far, we've done so well, but we're not all that at the end of the day because this virus stops stopped us. Completely. It was a full stop. It was not a pause. It was a stop. And for all the talks about our advancement, the advancement of our civilization, it was a humbling experience. And I think that humility is, is a very essential part of growth. So for the universe, not the universe, for our planet to, to be that humbled, I think was a very necessary moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are other, other silver linings, but unfortunately... It was such a devastating virus. It messed up with the world. 2020. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those years that we reflect on. No matter, like, years from now, you always mm. think to 2020 as a year. that Because around 2019, mm. you know, I was really thinking to myself, I, I knew 2020 would be special. Yeah. I didn't know that that was going <laughs> to yeah. happen, you know. Yeah. You know, just because the fact that it's a double-digit year, yeah. first of all. Um, 2020 vision. Yeah, you know, like, well-sounding name. You know, yeah, it, was, it, was, it sounded like some, something, but... Oh man, it came at us, and then Kobe died that year. Yeah, that's the one that was yeah, like, so early actually. So early, yeah. yeah, before anything like that was like the ultimate like sign that. They were actually very funny signs in the year. 
Um, there was also the U.S. Iran. That that yeah. murder. There was also Iraq. Iraq, you know. Mm-hmm. There were quite a number of things that were happening. <laughs> like, what's going on this year? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's going on this year? You're like, Megan, Megan and Prince Harry giving the royal family yeah, yeah, yeah. just you know, before as well. Quite a number of funny things happened earlier in the year. Crazy. And personally, I think 2020 was... Um, was the year I thought I was going to die. Why? I thought, man, if this COVID is killing niggas... Oh, so you thought it was going to kill you? I'm like, I'm not special. I don't know what my body's made of. I don't know what the virus is made of. That's interesting. We're in, like, this third world country. I mean, I've had moments where I thought I could die, but I never thought I could be killed by COVID. Maybe also because I was well aware of my um, immune system. I, I never fought ill. Mm-hmm. Never. I've never contacted COVID. But beyond that, I was also very conscious of not contacting it. So I, I really went out of my way to not put myself in situations where I could. But from what you would have known by now, doing all of that does not mean... You know, I have friends that lost people that did all of that. Mm. But I, I just somehow didn't think that. In the year 2020, I've been in situations where I thought, oh, am I going to die? Mm. <laughs> but it wasn't COVID. Right, you know, it right, wasn't like right, COVID. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. I just didn't think like, oh, COVID is going to do this to me. You know, one thing I always say is, I envy dead people, man. I envy dead Like, anytime I see someone's yeah. obituary, yeah. I'm like... Why? You're done with all this bullshit. Yeah, because that's the ultimate closure. That's, like... Yeah. There's not, look, there's, not, there's, you know, there's this thing we say, uh, I just needed him to say or needed her to say this so I could get closure. But that's, in the real sense, that's not true. Because there's no closure on this planet. Just take it from me. Mm. There is never going to be closure. Closure is death. <laughs> yeah, it's final. Closure is death. There is acceptance here. Yeah. Mm. There's acceptance. You know, to accept that, well, it is what it is. There's acceptance. But there is no closure. There is no closure. Because when, it is, when something is ending, another thing is starting. Mm. Another thing is starting. There is no closure. This, this, this existence that we found ourselves in the point of closure is the point is the point of absolute rest. And the point of absolute rest is the point of death. Because even when you say I'm retiring, you are starting a new pursuit. It could be a pursuit of enjoyment, but it's a pursuit. Yeah. So there is no absolute closure. If you decide I do I want to retire, you are going to retire into something. You better do, because if you retire into nothing else, you will die. Your brain will just kill you. Because your brain needs to be doing something. It needs to be, it needs to be, it needs to be engaged and involved. So there is, I mean, Bill Gates went from doing it for, for profit to doing it not for profit. But ultimately, Isha had to continue to use his brain. Mm-hmm. So he said, oh, I want to retire at 20. Congratulations. But there is no closure. There is no, oh, I'm seeking closure. Really, you're not. I think that's what people underestimate. They think they want to retire at 20 or yeah. 40. There's no retirement. But like, it's, like, it's just a new beginning. You're seeking a new beginning. Anytime you're, anytime you're aspiring for something to end, just realize that you're seeking a new beginning. Okay, you, you are in secondary school. Oh, I'm tired of this secondary school. Uh, let me just do my command entrance in primary five. I can't wait for primary six. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Let's say you even do it. It has ended. But do you realize now you have started secondary school? <laughs> and then it has started. And then you're aspiring for that thing to end. When secondary school starts, one thing is going to start. Either you start university 
or you start to not do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever way you are starting a new thing. Yeah. And then you get to university, it begins. You're like, I can't wait for this thing to end. My brother, be careful what you wish for because in uni, you, could, you had a program, uh, time to read, time to do this, time to do that. Then you had time for exam. Then you are now finally thrown into a world where, man, nobody times anything. You better time yourself so, by yourself. Oh my you better God. know when to be serious. Right? Oh, I need to, I'm tired of this single life. Uh, I need to end this single life. Well, you finally get married. Hmm. There are new aspirations. There's no closure. There's no closure. And that's why as a person, you must not get sucked in the chase. You must always ask yourself, so what's the point? What am I doing? Because there's always the chase. But you can make yourself not get sucked in the chase. Jeez. You can make yourself... You can, you, you can. You can do it. Yeah. You can make yourself not get... Because by design, it's, it's like when you find yourself in London. Mm. And this has happened to me, right? And I realized that everybody was rushing. <sighs> it was really fast. London is much faster paced. Especially when you're going to the tube. And coming out of, it's yeah. much faster pace than anywhere else I've ever been, even faster than New York, right? And then and I was also rushing. Then I realized that come, come to think of it, though, me, I'm not going to. Why am I rushing with these people? I'm not going to. I, I'm coming here to chill. I'm not. Why am I rushing? So I start to walk at my own pace. I start to chill. I'm not rushing to go and get the train I just landed. I'm not. I'm not in that kind of hurry, right? I, I caught myself. So one thing I've I've been able to do, and this took a lot of training, is to catch myself. So when I when I'm thinking of the wrong thing, I, like I told you about the movie earlier, so I, I so I caught myself like, why am I rushing with these people? Because they were they were not running, but they were actually kind of running as we were walking. <laughs> you know, it was it's just crazy. And so the beauty of it is that whenever I find myself in that place, I'm always enjoying the sights. Because I'm no longer part of it. Yeah, <laughs> even though I'm inside it, yeah. Even though I'm inside of it. Because it's just crazy to watch. Like, why are these people running? <laughs> in the world, but not yeah. yeah, in that in that sense. In that sense, right? On my, on my podcast, there's an episode um, where I talk about time, right? Mm. And I talk about there's two kinds of time. Yeah. And the Greek have a beautiful way of putting it. There's Kronos and there's Kairos. Mm. Kronos is chronological time. Mm-hmm. Time that moves from the past the yeah. into the future. Yeah. Time that we measure. Time as a quantity. Yeah, yeah. time that we measure. Yeah. And there's Kairos, which is an opportune time. Mm. The time when you make the right decision. The a moment, subjective time. The, yes, mm. the time you take for yourself. Yeah. The moment. Yeah. You know, and the idea basically is that we live too much in chronological time and it puts pressure on us yeah. to yeah. do yeah. this and to be like other people yeah. who are what our mates are doing. And, yeah. You know, yeah. But Kairos is like saying, taking your time your time is your pace yeah. everything happens for a reason yeah. at its own time and like being in the moment for yeah. whatever is happening and that resonated with my, with my audience so much because yeah. people often they don't know like, and that's one of the things that, that, that you that can people, remove yourself people, and that's the, people don't know they can remove themselves mm-hmm. that's why I say like it's hard life our system teaches us not just Nigeria everywhere it teaches yeah. us what to think you know how to think when the feedback I was getting from that episode was, mm. why have I never thought about it that way the average Nigerian that finishes from uni, they want to go and get their masters immediately. Yeah. The average person in Nigeria actually thinks that when you finish from uni, you're supposed to go and do your masters. But when you take yourself away from the picture, you realize that that thing is like that because when people finish from uni, there are hardly jobs. The next predictable thing they could do that is much more in their hands is to go back to school. They're hardly jobs. So then, they go back to school. And then because that became the norm, because you are in that crowd, you've, you've, you've been made to think or believe that 
when you finish from your first degree, you're supposed to just go to your master's. But that's not actually the design, though. If there's a design, mm. the design is you finish from uni, you go to do some work. After some years, then you go brush up with your master's. Mm. But then what happens is somebody finished from uni, they're doing so well. They're doing so well professionally. They're like, they're buzzing. They're doing so well. But their friends have gone to do master's. So they are feeling pressured. When actually you are in it, because you are, the, you, are the one, you are the one mastering life. You are the one on the field. You are the one in the trenches. In fact, if you continue, you are the one going to be teaching the people that are doing masters. But because your society has put it in your head, and that's why there's no surprise that the most educated immigrant group in America is the Nigerians. They carried it from here to there. Even though they went to a society that didn't even require that of them. I'm not knocking education, by the way. Course, this yeah. has to be made clear because yeah. some people need to be told these things. You know, they, don't, they, they can't think for themselves that yeah. this is not you knocking the thing. You're just contextualizing. Yeah. So they go to a world where it's not even necessary. Just go and get stuff done. Go and prove yourself as something. Mm -hmm. You become a master in that thing. Harvard will invite you. They're not going to ask you for your certificate. They will bring you to come and teach them, the kids. Because you're mastering the real thing. So, it, it requires being able to remove yourself, to see it. Because if you live in a society where university, masters, if you don't ask yourself, why is it like that? And is it like this all over the world? My brother, it is not. And does it work for me? And does it? That's a very important question. Does it work for you, though? It's okay to want to advance, but it has to be in the context of your achievements and what you're doing, not in the context of I need to go and get my masters. Just my friends have habits. they have their masters. No, it can't yeah. be like that. Yeah. It can't be like that. You know, so it, this is just an example, by the way. This yeah. is not about masters. <laughs> yeah, it applies to marriage, having kids, everything, everything. To find people in everything this to do. A I mean, you see, a 25 year old told me that her friends told her that when you're 25, you are not married. A lady, mm. it shocked me. Now, when you're 25, you're not single. You're unmarried. <laughs> that when you're 25, it is not that you're single. You're unmarried. 25. How did you get here? 25. 25 when, for me, like, for me, I wanted to suck out the juice out of my single life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I've, I'm done sucking. I want to get married now. I'm closing on 40. Right, but I did suck out the juice out of my single life mm. because I realized that after marriage, that single life it, it, it's, it's the end of it's that like, particular journey, no more, right? Yeah, but when this person tells me, and it's from the context of the pressure from every part of society, whether it's family, whether it's I mean, it, was, it wasn't the parents that said, it was the friends that said, whatever, maybe they brought it from their family or from some uncle, right? How can you be 25 and saying you're single? You're not single, you're unmarried. <laughs> And, it's, it's, and you know, nobody needs to be told how those are two very different things. Yeah. Right? It was so profound to hear that. Like, what kind of madness is going on in this society? And then you know what? When, when, when shit doesn't go their way or, they, or they're in situations that they don't like, mm. they now blame society. Yeah, but... Meanwhile, but, you had the chance to distance yourself. Society, yourself. It's, it's hard, it's, you know, it's the thing is, let's not get it twisted. The reason why society exists is for all of us. The reason why we have norms, the reason why I cannot be working in Wuse or Dutse 
or how they do and go and slap someone. It's because society has defined, forget law, society has defined some norms. So society has set up itself and it has moved conveniently like that. For decades. For decades. And it's defined it as culture and norms. But what you as an individual must understand is that that norm, that culture, must be defined with respect to time. There was a time in the history of this culture that to even shower was to be considered dirty in the human race. To go and start cleaning your body used to be considered dirty. Now, my brother, if you know shower, you're dirty. There was a time, even in the 16th or 17th century thereabouts, where aluminium had more value than gold. Aluminium. So, the king used aluminium. The poor people were using gold. You know, so you see the context of all this. And and in in the context of time, too. So, you ask yourself, this thing that they say is the culture, this thing that they say is the norm, female genital mutilation, uh, the killing of twins, how does this stand, though? Based on what I know now, how does this stand? If it continues to stand, it should stand. Love, it should stand. Honesty, it should stand. Loyalty, it should stand. Chivalry, it should stand. You know, being a gentleman, being a lady, it should stand. But you must be married by 30. Who defined it, though? And then when you think about it, mm. people are, were getting married by 30 or before 30 because mm. at that years back, mm. centuries ago, decades ago, Life expectancy was not guaranteed. It was low. So you're thinking, let me marry early so I can it have offspring. Another like example is number of children. People were giving birth to a lot of children because they didn't know how many of them could, could stay alive. Yeah. Health, virtually anything that, if you got a disease, you're dead. Yeah. You know, now, things are much more advanced. So you don't need to go and give birth to 10 children. Because if you do two, with the right, you know, because of the society, the, the reality of our health now, mm-hmm. You know that malaria is not going to kill that child. Mm. That's not to say that something will not happen that could kill them. But the chances are much lower oh, now yes. than before. Yeah. So the contexts are different. But because people get sucked, understandably get sucked in the culture and the norms, they're not able to remove themselves. The truth is, anyone that lands in London for the first time, they'll find, it. They will find themselves working very fast. It's automatic. Mm. You just adjust to the... You're, like a, you're part of a head. Mm. They're part of the head, so you just, you just, you know, it's, you just automatically. It, it takes realizing that no, I'm not part of this head. They are the ones going to work. I'm not going to. I came here to chill. Yeah. You know, and if you're even going to work and you leave home much earlier, and you, because you can decide, I'm not, I'm not going to be working like this. I want to be chilled. So maybe you have to leave home earlier. You have to just, if you want to live different from everyone else, then you have to redefine your difference. And you have to ask yourself, what do cost? Because there are always costs. So what's it going to cost? You want to chill with the big boys. You want to bamba. So what does it cost? Yeah. Can you pay? I know there's a positive connotation, there's mm-hmm. a negative. But can you pay though? Mm-hmm. Because there's always something to pay. You want to be amongst the most powerful guys on campus. Can you pay? Therein lies the, the question. Mm. Can you afford to go against society? Whether it's, whether it's financially... You can't, it depends on what it is. Whether it's mentally. Yeah. Because imagine if you decide, for example, you're not going to get married and your parents want you to get married. And every day, they are reminding you, they are pressuring you. In that, in that, in that, that mental, are you going to pay for that? You, you, there's, there's always a cost to every decision. Yeah. 
there's always a cost. You know, there's always a cost. If how I believe people should make decisions is you place the costs side by side with the benefits. Mm. If the benefits are much higher than the cost, you just go ahead and do it. If the, especially if they are substantially higher in certain situations. So if the benefit is a little higher and the person that is making you say it's your mom and you feel like the, the benefits of what they wanted to do of what they don't want you to do is higher, but it's just a little. And you feel like your love for the person outweighs that little. You can decide, okay, this cost is too much. Because even when I factor in their love, it makes the cost even much higher. So, you know, one has to find that balance of, of the equation between cost and benefits. You know, it, just, it doesn't just apply to returns on investment as per, you know, business. Yes, Actually, yeah. also life. Yeah, yeah. Like, if... If this person, if my girlfriend says, if you go to London, if you go do this course, I'm going to break up with you. You have to wait. Mm -hmm. You have to wait. Is that person's love such that, now me, I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my course. Mm. Right? But for, that, for some other person, they might not be able to exist without that person. Without that person. Is this something that actually happened? No, no, not for me. <laughs> but I mean, but I've been in that context. I've been in the context of somebody saying, um, "I'm not ready to marry because I need to go to uni," and I'm like, "Well, we can still marry, and you go to uni. By the way, no pregnancy, mm. no pressure. You nothing like you don't even have to wear any ring. But we can just get it done, and you go to uni, mm. right? And the person says no, and in my head I'm thinking, no, this is not about uni. You're not just ready, and that's fine too. And I walk away. So, so that's the context I was in. Right, right, right. But, so, but you know, just just different context for these questions. So you have to always weigh and ask. And sometimes the the person's decision reflects on how much value, how much they hold you. Because if the thing is a big deal and they they, they go ahead and do it, you, you might be thinking, well, it's actually quite a big deal. You know, even though I'm also a big deal to them. If, if you're thinking, ah, is it because of this small thing that you're doing like this? You already know that this person considers you useless. You know, there are, so there are different contexts. There's hardly the same context in these things. You know, one thing I like to remind myself, and I think you, I will remind you too, is that um, we are we are blessed and we are cursed, so to speak. Yeah. In that we know these things, and. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know it. You know, their life is such that they were just not in that position where they could have that those frameworks that allows them to question and challenge and know things for themselves. Mm. You know, so when I see people doing certain things and I, you know, hear their stories and hear their, you know, complaints or whatever, I feel like greatness to me is Getting rid of my that my sense of oh I figure it out and helping others do the same. Mm. That's why I started this podcast, right? By putting a lot of this information and these thoughts and these ideas and this conversation on, people are whether they like it or not. First, not only will they enjoy the banter and the things, but yeah, they on a daily basis they're hearing these things and it's pretty surprised. There are people who are like. You, they advance in age and in life. Yeah. But what you just said now, they'll send you a message of me and message be like, yeah. 
I never thought about it like this. Yeah. I have new decisions to make. Yeah. You know, so the least I can do with what I know and because I've I've made some decisions. Yeah. And I've seen how those consequences have played out. Yeah. I know what I've lost and what I've gained. Yeah. And I'm in a position to tell someone like, yo, I mean, once you conquer the fear, yeah. Everything is is a wrap. As long as no one you don't owe anybody money. Mm. You don't <laughs> you don't owe anybody your life. You're not mm. in some weird shit that yeah. limits you. Yeah. Back to that word, limit. Like committing a crime. <laughs> like committing a crime. Mm. As long as you're doing something from a place that is genuinely going to get you to a place where you can feel like you're actualized. Yeah. I'm not going to say happy, because yeah. happy is... I mean, it's circumstantial, really. Yeah, but yeah. what I know is when you feel empowered in yeah. your element, yeah. that I can tell you for sure comes from making certain decisions. I served in the villa in 2015. Okay. That's when I did my service. Okay. What, 2015. What, what, was it you transited between the administrations? Just before Jonathan left. Okay. okay. Yes. So yeah, okay. I was. That was my the year he the year he finished was the year I finished. Okay. Okay. Right. So you can imagine what it was like for me coming to my dad, who worked that appointment, that placement mm. for my NYC, mm. telling him, uh, "Dad, I don't want to do this. I wanna, I wanna, you know, be a photographer. I wanna like figure out my creative path. Mm. You know, I have all these things, and I, I don't feel like." Working the government is going to be good for me and my growth and where I want to be in life. Mm. I'm making that decision and having having the balls to say to the person mm. who I owe for everything I have enjoyed and mm. had up until that time. Mm. And once you're able to cross that bridge, that mm. path, mm. you can do anything. Yeah. You can if you can go against the person yeah. who gave you everything you are. I mean, I was there, so I understand. What so you're you, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I can tell, and there are many people who don't have that kind of those that, that kind of balls. Mm. We had to tell them that, yo, you can do these things, it will suck, you and your dad will not talk sometimes. Sometimes it's not even both, sometimes it's the, it's the primal nature. So, your dad, so you, you have a dad you've always listened to. Mm-hmm. You've always listened to your dad. Mm-hmm. You have big dreams. Mm-hmm. Big dreams. You want to see the world, you want to impact the world and everything. And then in your second year of university, mm-hmm. your dad comes to you and says, oh, I've seen this girl. I think you should marry one. Not just marry. Marry now. <laughs> Already, your brain is telling you the future is being threatened. The primal part of your brain. So this is not even the part of your brain that's thinking. This is a part of your brain that is saying, run. Run. So you find yourself for the first time in your life saying, <laughs> if I told you this was the last thing on my mind, I'd even be lying. Because to say it's the last thing on my mind means that it's even on my mind. Yeah. This is not there at all yeah. this is not going to happen so and i don't you don't do you need balls to run from a snake <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it's not even balls sometimes it's, it's, it's the apparent threat to your life and your existence your yeah, sense yeah. of being yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah, of course you need yeah, balls yeah, but in some situations it's not even a question of balls it's just a natural flight thing yeah you just when you see a snake you run I mean, there are exceptions. There are people that see snakes and go and hug it. Go, but, it. you know, but generally, when yeah. you see a snake, you run. Mm, mm, mm. You get it? So, so really, um, I mean, I, I hope people don't find it. I've, I've, I've been in those kind of situations before. I don't want to talk about it extensively, but I do know that when push comes to shove, man, you realize, oh, I have to do me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You have to do you. Yeah. And, and better for you if, you're, if you realize sooner than later. Because... You get to a certain age, yeah, and you lose the energy to fight back against certain things. Yeah, actually, life has <laughs> a way of true. <laughs> that's true. It pulls you off. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. And your resistance level is low. It go, oh my God, you've yeah. seen so much, you've been disappointed. Kudos to anyone who, in their advanced ages, is still able to like, make certain decisions that, that, that benefit them. Time for a shameless plug. I don't do this full time, even though many think I do. When I'm not podcasting, I'm solving creative problems for my clients. I develop brands, I coach, consult, and offer creative direction. And I am damn good at it too. My unique point of view can be a real asset. Whether you're rebranding, you need a marketing strategy, you need communications for a campaign, I'm that guy. To see my work or book a consultation, shoot me an email, avocreative.ng at gmail.com avocreative.ng at gmail.com Let's make Let's magic, magic together. together. Let me, before, we, before we wrap, let me tell you something about this podcast. Yeah. This podcast is called The Young God because I believe that I believe mm. I'm a God. I'm mm. made in the image of God. Mm. I'm a God unto myself. And mm. being a God basically means being able to live out my creative identity mm. as a creative ind- individual, do mm. my thing, build my life, create mm. the things, the, the life I want, use my gifts to my best, the best of my ability mm. and be a force for good in the world. That's mm-hmm. what it means to be a God to mm-hmm. me. And anyone who is doing that, first and foremost, by being yourself, mm. if you can be authentic and not authentic in the, you know the way we use as buzzwords, mm. authentic, mm. but just mm. operating from a place where, you know, you, we can tell you are one of one. Yeah. JJ, I can tell you are one you. of one. I feel you. And one of ones are very rare. I feel you. You know what I mean? I feel you. You know? So, as a one of one, as a guy who knows that there's nobody like me who yeah. sees the world like me and does what I do. Yeah. When I see someone else who moves in that path, mm. I know. Second of all, someone who is... I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by achievement. When I see people mm. achieve things, mm. you know, who apply themselves, whether they had a lot or had nothing, mm. to achieve is not beans. Because people think that it's a function of wealth or material things. Mm. It's here. You know, because we've seen people that make it with nothing mm. and people who have had everything and lose everything. Mm-hmm. You get, you know. So those are things that, that inspire this God mentality for me. Mm. And just being a difference in the world. Being, mm. being, you know, I don't know, just different, man. Mm. So now I want to ask you, if being a God is being the best version of yourself, mm. ideally, you know, fulfilling mm. what you feel like is in you, like dying empty, so to speak, figuratively, mm. What does that look like for you? Can you visualize what, like, if you were to say I'm a god, what does that? I mean, for me, it's the point where I don't think that I have anything else to do. Mm. So, it's the point where, for instance, I always say that if any time I die, I die fulfilled. Because what I try to do is that I give a lot of attention to each day. Mm. I'm not about oh, this year I want to do this or this in this decade. I have those things at the back of my mind. But I have the highest level of respect for moments and days. And the reason is because I have an understanding that there is no year without 365 days. There is no month without 30, 31 days, sometimes 28 or 29. Mm -hmm. There is no decade without 10 years. So I'm very, very particular about the little ones. Because the lesser is in the greater. Right? So that point for me is the point where I know that even if I were to die today, I'm dying fulfilled. I'm not waiting for fulfillment, mm. right? I'm not waiting to be 90 and be fulfilled. I'm, I'm, for me, self-actualization is a daily aspiration. I live up to it, knowing that t- tomorrow is not guaranteed. I could literally die right now as I'm speaking, mm-hmm. and I'll be totally fine because I've done everything I could do 
everything I was enabled, I felt I was enabled to do, that I felt that I had the resources to do to this point. And in this conversation that we've had, for instance, I gave everything I could give. I probably didn't give enough for somebody. I probably didn't do enough for someone else. But for me, I gave everything I could give. I gave, when it ends, it's, I have nothing else to give. And that's it for me. I have no questions to answer. I have no regrets. I have learned my lessons. Those are going to be enough. And I'm gone and I'm done. And I'm God. That's it. You put it so well. That's it. I gave him a fist bump just now. (laughs) That's it for me. And you know what? To end on this note, right? You know, we talked about Jesus earlier. Yeah. And you talked about dead and dying fulfilled. Yeah. Now, when Jesus, when we talk about Jesus having conquered death. Yeah. Right? That's what you talked about just now. Mm. You live in such a way that the fear of death yeah, because it's, no it's, it's an acceptance. I think that's what my 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 only issue with death is the people that cry, mm. the pains out that, that it would cause. But I have enough understanding of death that, and that's why I wonder people that, and I I wonder and I understand why it's easy for some people to let it go. A lot of people are alive today, really and truly, not because they want to be alive, but because. They're thinking, mom, dad. They're thinking for other people. Yeah. So their being alive is even an act of selflessness. Because as far as they are concerned, it's not even, there's really nothing for them anymore. So just for them, breathing is an act of selflessness. Because they found fulfillment and acceptance in death. That so well. Like they found fulfillment and acceptance. They have a, they not they have enough understanding that their their best case scenario, if they didn't have these people that they didn't want to hurt, mm. is actually death. Reminds me of Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. He had everything, had the best job, yeah. the best life. And he just and you still know, killed himself. And so, so people would never understand. That, yeah. But that's you, that person understands. He understands. You know? But the beauty for me, though, is that there's always something to live for. If you're listening, <laughs> there's always something to live for. There's really always something yes, to live for. Always, there's, always. There's, sometimes there's that momentary feeling. But it's not enough to let go in the moment. Always understand that there's always something ahead. You know, there's that momentary feeling of death is better. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you probably are right. But in the context of what you could become in the future, it's unlikely. Because there's always a lot more. Beyond even family, beyond even friends, beyond even with tears that might happen, there's always someone, there's always something ahead of you that is more beautiful than the moments you found yourself where you're thinking, death is better. I have a good example. Um, The Tinder Tinkler. The Tinder Tinder Swindler. When Sissy was like, she was driving and she saw this truck driving towards her and she was like, should I just end this thing right now? And you know, it was it was a rational question yeah. she asked herself because she was sunk. She was done for. And then she realized, nah, let me make this person pay. She found a desire, she found a motivation, and it worked because in my opinion, that person didn't pay enough so far, but they still, <laughs> yeah. made him pay. still made him pay. You know, so she found a motivation. She spoke to her mom. Mm. Her mom says, you have to come back home. There was putting everything out there. 
So you have to find that motivation. DJ, you know what you're doing? Mm. You're doing because many people will watch these shows and they will not be able to, to, to glean this, they will not be able to observe this thing you just mentioned. Mm. That she was able to find a reason. You have to find it. To move forward. Mm. Even if it was not necessarily the most noble one. Yeah, you have to find reason, it. You have to find it. You know, and that counts for everything. Like, yeah. like life is what you make it, man. Yeah, because, like, look, if you don't have the why, that's a problem. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. You have to find it. You have to find it. But well, I look forward to a time where I feel like I've... I don't know how that will feel, but mm. you know, you get to a point where you just feel like you've done everything and you don't feel like you're doing anymore. I think, I think people get that, but... I think Anthony Bourdain got there. You would never know. You never know. And, it, was, it was his own question to answer. And he probably felt that he did. But, I mean, there was this thing Kanye West did at the Grammys. I guess we'd never know. Mm. <laughs> you know? Because he won. Because they're like, people say, what would I do even? <laughs> well, I guess we'd never know. So sometimes, sometimes, really, you'd never know. You'd never know. You'd never know. You'd never know. Yeah. Let's take a moment to pause and breathe. Relieve the tension. Whatever you're doing, close your eyes, take a deep breath, in through the nose, out through the mouth. One more time, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Let's resume. Those of you who follow JJ on Twitter know about his political affiliations in 2015. Obviously, things didn't work out and the country has gone through one level of rock bottom after the other. Understandably, JJ has received a lot of flack for his political leanings, but this is what he had to say about those choices. And I think we can all take a page from this. Have a listen. You know, there are some things that are excusable when they happen at a certain time. Me, I'm not one of these people that will come out and say, oh, oh, I regret voting this person or this. I don't have time for that. But I know that there are things I will never do twice. Mm. I know that there are lessons. I, I don't mind my mistakes, but I just know that I will never make the same mistake twice. Yeah. The same person will not fool me twice. You can fool me once. I, people say, oh, I, I see a lot of tweets on, this, on Twitter, like, oh, these people are too stupid. But like, well, anybody can actually be fooled. Mm-hmm. Anybody. Anybody, yeah. You know, what you don't want to happen is that to suffer the same format twice, the same person. That's why you don't want to happen. In fact, yeah. my, one of my, my uncles in the village would tell me, mm. it's better for them to, to cheat you, be a mm. good person, let them cheat you. Yeah, so you learn. But don't let them cheat you twice. Yeah, yeah. so you learn. Yeah. Your brain has a record and you, know, you can then move on with it. And yeah. like I've been in situations on the internet as far as nine years ago and I'm thinking, this is fucked, this is embarrassing. Sorry, pardon my French. Of course. Um, but I'm glad that this has happened now. Useful lesson for the future. Useful lesson again. for it's what happened again. These days I can smell a catfish from afar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get it? Yeah. I can smell a catfish. I've been in situations where I see I see friends getting sucked into the world of catfish. And I'm like, this person is a catfish. Don't get don't don't get yourself messed up. Yeah. But in the early days of the internet, just one moment, one experience, embarrassing. I got sucked by a catfish. Mm-hmm. That I wasn't even trying to be in a relationship. Yeah. They just wanted me to validate them mm. by just retweeting them nine years ago. And then, of course, we found out that this is a catfish. Yeah. I, I didn't like that I was in that position, but I didn't beat myself. 
to the point where I'm like, why me? No, no, no. I just realized, okay, good. This happens, okay, we're good with it. Bring it on. Since then, it never happened again. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't... It's, it's okay to make certain mistakes, but if I made a mistake, some mistakes now, it would be like, ah, so what have you learned all these years you've been in this space? Sure. Right? And for me, that's a telling, that's a telling thing. Well said, JJ. 2023 is coming. We don't need to drag each other back by bringing things from the past. Let's move forward together and see if we can put someone in power who actually makes sense. Because we've been fooled once, you and I, all of us. And if you focus on blaming the next person, you will lose sight of what's important. And that's how someone else, some low life, will sneak past us and end up on the presidential seat again. Stay woke. Man, JJ, this was this was great. This is my pleasure, bro. I had I had enough fun. This is the <laughs> this is what I do here, and um, I appreciate your time. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. Yeah, Jay Z, give me, give me. <laughs> uh, your music, your music box. You understand? Like, you know, we know these things. Do follow the podcast on IG at the Young God Pod and Twitter at I'm the Young God for more God level content. New episodes drop every Saturday at midnight, so do subscribe and do share. I'm your host, Rodney, and I wish you a blessed day and a blessed mind. Rodney, out. Thank you.